It's that time again. Time for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Tonight, we're joined by the esteemed Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I.O. Go. Brian Lemaitre out of Denver, Colorado. And Doug Friesen down there in Phoenix, Arizona. Let's have a big hand for our guys. Well, there's the virtual audience. Uh, I'm glad they uh, showed up. They're sounding a little more chipper than the typical Wyoming fan. How you guys doing, uh, Ian? Well, the chill's coming into Denver and the mountain rocky range right now. And I'm sure Brand understands that. He's just south of me. So it's starting to feel like October and fall. And you got the pumpkin patches out there, people selling pumpkins. So, uh, you know, I'm just kind of looking forward to see how this month uh, turns out. Brand, uh, you, you you said that you're like south of uh, Ian. Uh, I guess you saw some snow today. Yeah, a little bit. I was at work all day, so I didn't really see. I didn't see the snow per se, but um, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cold. It's you know the weather just suddenly made a made a quick turn. So yeah. And then down there in sunny Arizona, just baking away, Doug Friesen. How you doing, Doug? Doing great. It's really rough there. I mean, I expect people to go out in the morning and have breakfast in my shorts and short sleeves. And I'm a windbreaker this morning, so it must be cold in Laramie Town. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Well, I guess uh, some people have to just suffer. You'll just have to carry that one. November weather in October, you know, but hey, you you all got November weather hitting Colorado this week. So, so it's a good thing it's not a home game, maybe, because it's supposed to be chilly this weekend. Well, uh, uh, the boys were out in uh, paradise, but they didn't have a, um, a paradise experience, as we all know, and as we've been reading on the board. Things didn't quite work out for the Cowboys. Um, Four-point loss. What was it? Seventeen um, ten. What was the score? <laughs> I didn't. Seventeen thirteen. Seventeen thirteen. Okay. Now, in my own defense, I did not see the game except I only saw one play. I saw the Granderson pick six. Uh, I went to uh, see Notre Dame play Virginia Tech up in Blacksburg, and then by the time we got back to our hotel in Roanoke. Um, It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, so I went to bed after uh, it got tied 10-10, thinking that now the Pokes might pull it out. And woke up the next morning, and uh, things weren't uh, all that happy. So uh, who saw the whole game? Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So... um, was it as bad as it's being portrayed on the uh, board? Well, in my opinion, I don't think it, w- it was a terrible performance by Wyoming in any stretch of the imagination. I just think the offense didn't move the football, and the offense continues to struggle. Um, they only scored six points. Um, the defense scored more than the Wyoming offense did with Granderson's return. I think the Cowboys defensively played a, a pretty solid football game. And uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, that's where all the problems are. They did go out to Hawaii. They competed. They were in the football game. They get, didn't get blown out like some people predicted on the message board they would. Um, so they were in the game. They had a chance to win. From that standpoint, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a bad football game. But anytime you lose a conference game, now they're zero and two. That's definitely the bad side of it to go along with that offensive struggles. Well, you know. You know it- it was a game that it was one that could have been taken, you know, and uh, um, we're especially in a good situation where Hawaii was down there starting quarterback, you know, which uh, whatever the deal about, you know, they hit it well from us. But 
Um, you know how we'd be if we felt like we were down our starting quarterback. Well, you know, go back to Josh Allen. You know, hey, there's there's little difference there. You know, when he goes down. But um, overall, what um, um, you know, I saw a lot in that Hawaii game. I watched the whole thing on my little phone app while he's up in a softball tournament, Mesquite, and uh, and you know, so it, it's hard to tell all the plays. But the one thing that really impressed me is I was expecting our offense to open it up and show a few things against a Hawaii defense that's been vulnerable, and. Um, but it's like we only ran about six plays, and Hawaii was very well versed at playing just about every single one of them, except for a couple of real long runs by Nico. Uh, other than that, you know, we were pretty much stymied the entire game. Yeah, uh, I don't know that uh, the complaints about the offense continue, and uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know why they. Um, they they restrict themselves so much to that inside game. I, I is it either they don't believe the quarterback can handle it, or uh, I, I they think Nico can carry the board the whole load. I I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, it's it's definitely like watching that Hawaii game. It was just uh, it was it was just frustrating because you know by halftime you know we knew that. Nico Evans had, you know, was having a good game, but yet the offense could not move the ball. And by the end of the game, when you see 192 yards by Nico Evans, you're like, how did you only score six points offensively? And, you know, uh, the, the one, um, you know, a, a field goal should have been a touchdown because I forget it was like a tight end or, or somebody, I can't remember um, who dropped the ball, like literally right in the end zone. And that should have been, you know, a touchdown, you know, pokes, win, you know, pokes win or, you know, at least, you know, the tie, it's a tie game by the end of the, you know, by the end of the fourth quarter, right? You know, so yeah, it was just a really frustrating game to watch. Boy, I tell you, that's um, that's so disappointing. Now, of course, that's a long trip out there, and uh, you know, there's there's that factor. But uh, Coach Bowl mentioned in his um, uh, opening statement at his press conference that uh, Fresno State. Uh, did the same thing. They came, they went to Hawaii, uh, they won the game and then they came all the way back the next time to, to Laramie and won the game. So it, um, it can be done. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's something that you can overcome. We're just, I don't know. We're just not there. Um, is it, is it Deegan's fault or is it, um, I mean, uh, who's to blame for this really? You know, Jeff, I got a thought on that, and this is just from a walk, observing a couple of plays. But um, starting with the New Mexico State game, the most obviously successful pass that our offense has run has been when the tight end comes across the line and releases and, and Vanderwald's rolling out to the right. And then you usually have a linebacker having to either take the tight end out or come after the quarterback. And that's kind of like an option way. It's a pass option. Hawaii had a spy on the tight end every single time. And I bet you we ran that play at least six times and several of the times it was a, a tackle for loss because Vanderwall didn't even get rid of the ball. And it was obvious that he wasn't even going to gain positive yardage throwing it. And, um, you know, that was a little frustrating to me. That says, what are the coaches not seeing? What variation can you do? Because if you're committing that spy on the tight end coming across, somebody else is open somewhere else. What are you not doing? Or are the players just not able to go to option two on a play? Oh, all of a sudden it falls down. Um, 
you know, so I, I noticed that one in particular and, and some of the others that, it, you know, you wonder, is this the coaches or the players audibling? But, you know, when we need fourth and two and they put, you know, eight in the box and they especially load a certain side with an extra linebacker, why do we run exactly at that spot? <laughs> you know, and yes. because this is what I'm saying. This is a little creativity maybe on the, on the coaches. Some of those that we went, there is a possession where we end up getting a ball. We've been marching or marching it down the field, but third and two couldn't get a yard. Fourth and two ran exactly same play, couldn't get an, another yard. What about a naked bootleg going against you know? Because it was student body left. Why not peel off to Vanderwall's running you know abilities and have him tail off and go to the right. You know, I, I'm not seeing some creativity in the plays being called. Yeah, that, uh, God, that's frustrating. Uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what to do. I, uh, the, they've asked uh, Bowl at his presser uh, about, uh, you know, what were some of the malfunctions of the offense, and he, he says that uh, they have to be more efficient. Well, what does that mean? I mean, do the same things we're doing better? <laughs> it didn't sound like they wanted to change their plan. It just, I don't know. It's a strange, um, it's a strange anomaly. I, I guess we're kind of spoiled because Josh Allen gave us the chance that if it, <clears throat> excuse me, if the play broke down, uh, he had the ability to extend it with his legs, um, he also was able to get rid of the ball 100 miles down the down the uh, field. So uh, maybe it's just that um, they haven't adjusted to the personnel that they have. Well, you know, even with Josh Allen last year, that offense was not really that good. Um, he just was able, with a strong defense, he was able to make enough plays for us, like the CSU game and some of those close contests we had. Uh, it wasn't a great offense with him last year. So, I, again, I don't think it's, it's a very good excuse right now to say in the fifth year that this offense can't be better than where it's ranked. I think there's a combination of issues going on there. I think Doug explained a, a detailed thing pretty well there with the lack of creativity is something I've noticed kind of with, with this philosophy. And I understand what Bull's trying to do. He's trying to, you know, try to establish that running game, be a power team that's going to, you know, really establish the run game and the offensive line needs to become physical, blow the defense off and kind of win games that way. And I understand they're trying to do that, but I think it gets to a point where you sometimes have to become a little bit more creative. You got to come up, take some shots down the field, you know, throw some bombs down the field, you know, open the defense up. You know, Austin Ford's supposed to be a talented tight end with some some capability, and I think he does. I think he's a good athlete. Got to get him in the offense. So we have this running back that's really as productive as Brian Hill's ever been, and everything else in that offense is just, uh, he likes to say, sputtering. I guess that's where we're at with our offense right now. Well, we also have problems with shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, wasn't there a... Um penalty uh called for pulling somebody off the pile and it gave the uh hawaii a chance to um continue a drive uh i think that was uh, a play that i saw am i thinking correctly there? Brand at all? yeah uh, i can't remember um the player but yeah they went into the the pile and you know started you know pulling on somebody and and you know the refs always see the the, the second guy react, and you know, and um, yeah, and so it was, you know, fifteen yard penalty, you know, and it just it just killed us right at the wrong, absolute wrong time that you know that you you know to for you to get that penalty, and you know we we were watching, and Bull just was livid. And, you know, we, you know, my, my dad was sitting there and he was like, he was screaming, look, Bull, you need to sit that guy down and, you know, he doesn't come back in the game. And, you know, you kind of, um, 
you kind of saw it on Bull's face. I mean, he went, he went, you know, ballistic. And usually, you know, he's pretty reserved on the sideline there. So, yeah, I mean, shooting ourselves in the foot, the penalties are just not indicative of a bowl, you know, team. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you another play that stuck out with me uh, was the a big key play in the game. I really thought we're down three to nothing or up three to nothing. And Hawaii was driving down the field and Marcus Hepps had the ball right in their hand, his hands for an interception. Oh yeah. And he had six points ahead of himself. He's going to go all the way for a touchdown. He just completely dropped this interception. It was off a tip pass at the line of scrimmage. That would have been a 10, nothing game. I know we're falling back, you know, I'm falling back on some of those plays, but when you start looking back and, Throughout the game, that that would have been a big big play in the game if you had just held on to that football with the distance. Well, I think I think he saw the end zone and didn't do the first thing, which is catch the damn ball. <laughs> and you know he tried to you know haul it in one handed, and you know saw the open field, and you know you didn't take care of the football. The first thing that you got to do, and yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, potentially seven points off the... Yeah, well, instead of being a 3-3 game, which it ended up being a 3-3 game, Cowboys could have been up 10 nothing at that point. With yeah, some and that could, have, that could have put, you know, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, stalled Hawaii, right? You know, could have, you know, could have, uh, changed the momentum of the game. You know, Ian, you, you bring that up, and... Um... You know, last year with the team that was averaging actually six yards a game less than what the team's averaging this year. So, I mean, as far as the averages goes, there's not a whole lot of difference. The defense was a little bit better on average, but the turnovers, the way the ball bounces. um, I mean, throughout our entire season so far at two and four, there's been a number of balls that have been on the ground that just haven't gone our way like they did last year we've got numerous scores from the defense exactly on plays like instead of just getting a pass break up well that's a nice little stat but actually retain the ball and in fact I think there is another play in the Hawaii game where it looked like we may not have gone back for six but we had a good clean pick at a point in time where it would have shut them down and put us in a good position on the field you know so it it, it it's a whole myriad of things that that comes down to it because um um you know to shift a little bit away from the offensive side i get a little frustrated sometimes on the defensive side and especially on our corners and we're again a team that's struggling with our third down Uh, opponents third down conversions and um, what I see in some of those conversions and I saw on my on my phone you know maybe it's because the phone was small and I couldn't see where the ball was so I was looking where I thought the play was going or something but um, I noticed that in the way that the Hawaii you know did the broadcast you could see the the wideouts and so we might have them third and eight, which is in a premium position, you think, you know, when we have a pretty strong defense, but our corners on their wideouts will line up about 10 yards off. So we're already past where they need to go for the first down marker. And um, then on the snap, we're conceding yardage. And I remember one play vividly later in the game where they drove to get that winning touchdown that, um, our corner was still running backwards when the ball was delivered. And that's a blown zone coverage. Is the linebacker supposed to come over at that point? But what are we afraid of? Somebody running by us, burning us deep that, you know, it's like it's third and long. You got to try and prevent, you know, them from gaining. But if you're going to concede it by giving them the yardage where, and the why announcer, what stuck in my mind about that play talked about, Quick release of the ball. Hawaii wants the ball released within one and a half to 1.8 seconds of the snap. Um, You know, that's pretty much getting the snap and taking one step and throwing the ball. 
And that's a big problem that we're having in our passing game is we need three or four seconds just to get our quarterback set up to even look for a throw, you know, down the field or even wide. And so that begs the question to me, is that the scheme that these guys are being asked to do and they're just not getting it and doing something right? Or, or you know, maybe in some ways we are, are having people that, find it a little tougher to get open than, than the, you know, what our defense is seeing from other offenses. Well, and the, the, the plays are, are really slow to develop. That's one thing that we were noticing at the Hawaii game is, um, you know, we've got, you know, time is of the essence and they're burning you know, 25 seconds, you know, off of a 40 second clock, right? They're burning 25 seconds, just going to the, you know, huddle, and then they go to the line, and then they get set. And, you know, it's just, it's too slow, honestly. And, and then, you know, add on to that, like, like Doug is saying, where, you know, it takes, you know, uh, Vanderwall, you know, three or four seconds to get, you know, to the point that he can get set to throw the ball. So, you know, the whole thing, you know, the whole pace of the offense is just really, really slow. Well, now they, <clears throat> you know, they, um, uh, they've always been known for a team that huddles and uh, Bowl has never, um, embraced uh, if much at all the uh, hurry up uh, type um, uh, of offense except when they do their two minute drill uh, they, they pretty much take it at a leisurely pace and I guess his uh, attitude is is that uh, you know he's burning up clock that the other team can't use but conversely it uh, can come back and bite you in the butt so uh, that slow pace, I think, is inherent with uh, their style, you know, with their training. But uh, it can be frustrating. I agree with you there. Well, I would argue that in the two-minute offense, we've seen the most success out of <laughs> the Wyoming offense is in the two-minute drill. So it's it's a conundrum for sure. Yeah, maybe they should just run the two-minute drill all, all- <laughs> all game you know <laughs> maybe that maybe that'll uh put a spark yeah in. that's a great point by brand because it seems like every time they get into the two minute drill they actually move the ball effectively the ball the, the field looks like it's getting spread the receivers are getting open um and it's happened uh, on a few occasions this year hasn't it in a few games that, oh yeah that two minute well i i, I would argue that I would argue that with the young quarterback, like, you know, Tyler uh, Vanderwall is that, you know, in the two minute offense, you know, the, the, the play is set, you know, what you've got to run. So you get the guys to the line and he knows, he knows what he's going to, you know, execute, you know, um, I think when you go to the huddle, you know, and then you get everybody up to the line and get everything set and you're looking looking things over maybe it i don't know maybe something gets in his head i don't know does he have but, the well does he have the authority i guess to say that uh, he can check down to something else are they working that or are they um just giving him a play and telling him he has to run that one i don't know i have no idea um i tell you what um there was one i guess um good feature of the game and uh we had um uh, a new punter uh dante uh how did he pronounce it dante crow from sheridan yeah dante crow from sheridan was the punter and uh he got praise here let me play um let me play bowl's comments about that well we went into the game uh even all the way over the island and we looked at both guys um you know, Dante had punted in high school, and he's got a strong leg. A lot of the high school football fans in the state probably remember him. He was also a great soccer player, and he could have been a Division One soccer player. And so 
we certainly start thinking outside the box. It's been a long time since I can remember you lose uh, your punter for the whole year. And typically, you're not going to have a whole lot of backing up. But uh, we thought Dante did some good things in the ball game. I mean, he got the ball off. I think our our net punting was, was pretty good. We had one that was brought back uh, um, too far, and that really was not the punt's fault. So we'll uh, continue to look at Dante this week. Right now, we've got him down as our starter. So um, that was one bright spot. Uh, after losing Zelensky, we got um, – it looks like we've got a punter. Uh, did he look that good? I thought he did a good job. I mean, going into the game, that was kind of one of my concerns, and I thought he didn't lose the game for Wyoming at all with his kicking. Uh, special teams give a big play, but that wasn't really his his fault. And really, our our place kickers kicking the ball really well too. So he, you know, Cooper Roth, we got a note that he's done a really good job kicking the football. And remember, a couple of years ago, that was a big question mark with Wyoming football was our place kicker. So to have have him kick well and have Dante continue to kick well, that's hopefully something we're not going to have to worry about uh, the remainder of the season. You know, it, it's nice to have that as a weapon because I'm, as you pointed out, uh, the play where we had a pick six, um, that adds an extra seven points to the game. You know, we could potentially been ahead 20 to 17 and just run the clock down to that last second, you know, and game's over. We got it. Well, let's say that we hadn't gotten the field goal earlier and it was 17-17 with two defensive touchdowns. That last drive then, instead of having to try and get in the end zone with nine seconds left, you have a weapon that you could kick with dependably and get the field goal to win the game. So, you know, there's some of the components there that says, you know, this team has potential. And, and it's like, when is it going to come together? And, and I, I, there's just no other way to disseminate it. Uh, we're we're weak across the board on offense. You know, when when you're like 115th out of 130 teams in sacks allowed, you know your strength is supposed to be rushing, but you're 97th out of the entire country rushing. Um, you're passing, you know, it's weak. You're 120th, but this uh, the the most negative aspect about it all is is the stats don't necessarily have to mean everything. It's your ability to put points on the board. And I, I'd have to say if there's any, anything, you know, uh, most critical that I'd throw towards the offense is it, even when we have the ball on a positive side of the field, we can't find a way to score points. And when you can't come away with at least a field goal, you know, on some of those possessions where maybe you got it close to midfield, get 25 yards out of it and you got a weapon to put three points on the board but we're not even doing that we're, we're getting so many of those possessions where we're in good field position that we're punting and it's great to be three deep at punter but you know I, I i'd like to be three deep at uh at a lot of skill positions well yeah that would be uh that would be good um yeah it's just so frustrating uh I tell you what, let's listen to um, Bull's remarks, uh, his complete remarks uh, this Monday at his press conference. He's going to talk about Hawaii, and then uh, we'll kind of move on to the next game here uh, as well. Uh, let's listen to what he had to say. Well, a couple closing comments uh, concerning uh, the Hawaii game. First of all, I thought Hawaii played well. If you remember last year's game was a close ball game. We beat them in overtime. This was a close ball game as well. And uh, we came up on the short end of the stick. Uh, certainly, I think Hawaii did some great things. Uh, you know, they played a freshman quarterback who played well. And um, they're playing some good defense as well. There's certainly things that we can do better. Uh, we need to do better. Uh, we were able to run the ball uh, pretty doggone effectively. I thought Nico Evans in the offensive line, some downfield blocking uh, was really good. Uh, but we were not able to produce the number of points we we're going to need to to win the ball game. Uh, defensively, we certainly got more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, that style of offense can cause problems as far as trying to get some pressure on the quarterbacks. I thought a lot of times we, we either were sacking him or hitting him right when he was delivering the football, which was positive. 
Um, and we did score on defense, so that was that was a positive thing. Um, you know, they moved the football um, late and uh, scored on us late. We're disappointed on that. Uh, we had a shot to win the game at the end, and uh, um, you know we can manage some things better. We certainly, um, you know, we ran out of time, uh, but uh, some of that our own fault. You know, we had to use some timeouts at some untimely manners uh, at times. So we got to correct that. Uh, got a lot to play for as we move forward. Uh, we're playing against a really good Fresno State team. Uh, they, you know, they're doing a lot of things well uh, currently. Uh, statistically, I think they're ninth in the country uh, in um, in a total defense. I know they're ranked in the top ten almost everything, and I think they're second in the country in turnover margin. Uh, quarterback is a really experienced player. Uh, they don't uh, beat themselves, but he's completing. I don't know. I've got it down here. It's way high in the seventy percent. Uh, at 72% is six in the country. And so we're playing against a, a, a football team that, uh, you know, they know how to win. They've been winning. Um, and they, they came up with a very convincing win against Nevada last week. Uh, the only injury that we did sustain from the game, and we'll find out a little bit more, uh, was with Caden Jackson. He did not complete the, the game. I'll find out a little bit more today. You know what, where he's at. Um, they're diagnosing him with a potential concussion, so we'll make sure we get some information there. But we we came through the game relatively healthy, which is encouraging. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I think Coach Rolovich is doing a good job with that Hawaii team. It's the first time he's been a head coach. Uh, their home crowd, I, uh, I think, was really loud, and that caused some problems for him. So kudos to Hawaii. Um, you know, like I said, they beat us, and uh, we got to get moving forward. So that was Coach Bold's um, opening remarks at his press conference. Um, pretty, uh, pretty vanilla. Uh, he, uh, uh, I wonder if he's feeling uh, a lot of pressure on this. As the we've only got two wins. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, did he sound too complacent? Uh, uh, what you guys take on that? Chirp, 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 I guess. Um, well, you know, you're always going to be a little subdued, you know, anytime you're on the losing end, especially when, when um, you know, for every three games that you've played, you've lost two so far. And, um, and you know, you got another tough one coming up. And, and um, you know, just kind of the manner in which, which we've lost, you know, three of the games we've lost, um, well, we're kind of competitive for portions of it because the defense kept us in it, but the offense just obliterated any chance that we had to win those games. And, you know, so we've lost three games by 20 plus points, um, you know, which isn't a sign that you really want to see, you know, especially when you feel like you've got a strong defense. And, and so, you know, it, 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 it is what it is when, um, you know, with, with, what we have and so you know now it's on coach and you know and i'm sure that that shows a little bit is there's an expectation there you just don't have back to back eight season you know eight victory seasons and not have an expectation from the fan base to see some you know positive results for the successes and um and so you know it, it's I, I, I empathize with Coach Bowl in that he's not going to be a sunshine pumper come out here and say, we are ready to break loose on offense. You know, um, you know, I think the reality of it is, is, is there's some work to do, some birthdays to occur, and, um, and let's hope that they truly have recruited all the right players that, you know, will, uh, will become those stars of tomorrow. Well, now, one of the comments I've seen on the board and uh, is that uh, people say that Bull kind of portrayed this team, uh, or he had said, I'm not, I can't say that for sure, but he's, uh, some people quote him as saying that going to be one of his best uh, teams since he's been there. Uh, do you think that's uh, driving part of the frustration from the fans that... Uh, this is obviously not the best team that he's fielded yet. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, 
And I think with uh, all the, all those defensive players returning uh, with the defense that played so well last year and those guys getting bigger and stronger, and you're adding, uh, you know, we felt like the defense was going to be really good this year and the offense was hopefully with another year of maturity with some of those guys that the offense was going to, even though we lost Josh Allen, that was obviously a question. So going into this season, there was definitely expectations um, coming off two eight and eight seasons um, with a somewhat of a veteran defense. So uh, maybe not that I think bull pushed this, this is his best team. I, I don't know if I actually even heard him ever say something like that, um, but it was a lot of to do with the fans, the media that pushed this team. But, you know, if, look at it this way. If this offense could have just performed to a subpar level uh, with this defense that we have right now, we'd be we'd probably be talking about a little bit of a different season right now. Yeah, well, okay. We've talked about the well, pack. Go ahead. Well, you know, uh, I heard, uh, you know, I think, I think uh, Ian, you were, you were there, but at the Cowboys in Colorado in, uh, in Denver, um, Berman was uh, speaking and, you know, we were, you know, you know, asking him about, you know, Hey, with, you know, Josh Allen going to the NFL and going to the draft, you know, what, what's your outlook? And I remember him clearly saying, you know, that, you know, he felt really good about Wyoming football. And it's like the first time in a long time that, you know, he felt like, you know, it was really, really headed in the right direction. So, you know, he's hearing that from somebody and, you know, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I look at, you know, like, like you say, you know, Ian, that the, you know, the media and, you know, I certainly the fan base, you know, two, eight and eight season, you know, eight win seasons. And yeah, the expectations pretty high and there should be no reason, you know, in year five of, you know, bowls, you know, tenure, why we shouldn't be, you know, uh, at least, you know, three and three right now, or, or, you know, four, you know, four and one or something like that, or four and two. Uh, yeah. I remember that comment at the, uh, Colorado and Cowboys uh, event, uh, Colorado Cowboys in Colorado event. And, but I also was at media days this year and that right after media days, I was able to talk to some of the guys that are close to the program. And there's just a, you know, like Randy Welniak talked to somebody like him, very, upbeat he was he was excited about the potential of the season so yeah we were we were hearing about this from from other people besides maybe coach bowl so there seemed to be a general feel around the program that you know this could be the year that the cowboys at least could continue that eight plus win you know at least be in the mix for the mount west conference championship and win some of those key early games with all that heavy expectation, I guess we've read a lot of frustration on the board, as you can see. Um, a lot of people have uh, mentioned uh, the unmentionable about uh, whether or not Bowl uh, should be fired. Is that is that kind of crazy talk? I think it's very crazy talk at this point in the juncture. The guys come off two back-to-back eight-win seasons, which hasn't helped ha- happen in Wyoming probably since the late 90s. Um, and the, there's a lot of good things going on with the program. There's just one issue right now, and that's the offense. They need to get resolved, so you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. You want to keep that core of the positive things going on in the program because I still think there's quite a bit there. And but you got to get that other side fine tuned. But the last thing this program needs right now, for my opinion, and I, I believe a lot of people probably agree that firing a coach at this juncture just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, well, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy talk, but there is a lot of frustration out there, and um, you know, it kind of harkens back to uh, kind of the tiller. Years, you know, we got a lot of uh, uh, people were really upset with him, and uh, a lot of a lot of people were not too unhappy to see him leave, only to be nostalgic, you know, a few years later, like oh, we had Tiller, and now uh, you know, wish we had him back, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, 
I do think it's crazy talk, but I don't think he's in any hot seat or danger as far as the administration is concerned. But uh, there sure is a lot of um, uh, uh, frustration expressed out on the board. Yeah, I think it's more fan uh, frustration than reality of the situation. And people are just frustrated because you know, what we've discussed with the offense and stuff. And and I'm sure Brandon, uh, Doug over there, probably jump in and give their two cents. But obviously, from my standpoint, I think it's more a frustration with the fans right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would. Go ahead, Brad. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I would just tend to agree. I mean, you know, when when Coach Bull came in, um, you know, and I remember reading an article about the Kansas State coach that took over and what it took to rebuild a, you know, a um, a, a Big Twelve, you know, program, and at Kansas State and you know I think about you know Wyoming and I think about you know well our budget is what it is and you know it's not the absolute bottom you know Bowles not being paid the absolute bottom of the conference but you know he's more up more towards the top but I just I just think that at you know a mid-major level you know, a, a school like Wyoming, you're, it, a rebuild's going to take, you know, anywhere from five to six to seven years, you know, where, and to me, rebuilding is, you know, you're going to bowl games and, and, you know, that's your down year is going, you know, six and six and, you know, contesting to, you know, contesting the Mountain West Championship. And so, to me, yeah, you know, getting rid of bowl right now, that's just, that's just insane. But on the other hand, I want to see something from bowl that, you know, shows some acknowledgement that, Hey, he's got a, he's got a problem with the offense and this isn't a new problem either. You know, I, I, this is a good time to jump in throwing my two bits worth. Um, you know, I, I often tell Ian, I've told this all the way from basketball, football, I always say, who do you see that regardless of what the results are this year is going to get you excited about coming back next year and seeing what happens when the person's a year older, you know, has that much more experience, maybe has a better support cast around them. And, and um, you know, I kind of been asking that question this year and yet. I see up and down the roster, if the development comes through with some of the players that have been recruited, and we've seen them again in the freshman group, there could be the next equivalent of the Brian Hill. You know, what we're missing right now is whether it comes from the current quarterback or somebody on the roster, somebody recorded that next Josh Allen type of a quarterback, you know, um, um, we definitely got to hope that the offensive line continues to be able to mature so that they can effectively run block and pass block. And, you know, we got to get some of those receivers are some of the, are a couple of those receivers waiting in the wings and they're just not going this year because they're not going to be that much of a difference maker, even if you play them four games, you know, according to the rules and stuff. And so I kind of look at, at some trending kind of thing and, you know, we can look at offensive numbers, just, just, bottoming out last year and and staying about the same this year but to me the end result is not so much about the stats the stat i is most part of me as the fan is the one loss total and um and uh, our schedule for the most part was top loaded with teams that are all above 500 i don't know about you know other than new mexico state well we took care of them wofford we took care of them which i'd expect to with a with a uh, sorry, but an FCS team. Um, um, but, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, Hawaii's, hey, they're bowl eligible now. They won six games. You know, we are going to have to win four of our remaining six games to get to six wins, which to me, is, you know, and our final four games are against teams that are struggling right now. 
but they can come on in any of their own ways and stuff. So the, the potentials there that we get to that six wins, whether it means a bowl game or not. And I know, you know, that's another aspect people talk about worthless bowl games and stuff. But to me, it's that practicing a little bit longer. It's that additional exposure for the program. And it certainly can't help with, uh, uh, on the national recruiting level, especially when we have some absolutely beautiful facilities that will speak for themselves despite snow today. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think a lot of people uh, are expecting uh, a a constant slope of improvement, you know, that this year is always better than this year and, and so on and so forth. But at a, at a school like Wyoming, I think uh, we have to expect an upward trend, but peaks and valleys. In other words, we're going to be going up, and we, we, we showed it in 2016. Uh, we uh, made it to the uh, conference championship. Now we've dipped down a little bit, and uh, hopefully we're going to rise up a little higher again. And I think that's the kind of slope. That's the kind of slope that we're going to, that we're going to experience, it's not going to be a smooth uh, uh, glide, consistent guide glide up. Um, even even big schools um, have uh, dips in their um, in their uh, uh, trajectory. You know, like look at Texas; they went back and they had like uh, uh, they went to the national championship, and then they had this big dip. Uh, after that and uh, other schools. So uh, I'm not as um, discouraged as uh, others, I don't think. I think that um, uh, I will be really discouraged if we don't see some improvement this year, we don't win uh, at least uh, two, three more games, and uh, we see some maturity out of um, uh, out of Tyler. Uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Uh, I really would like to win all those games. I'd like to win all, all of them. But I'm not so surprised that we had a drop, a drop-off after we lost five NFL <laughs> uh, players, uh, five players that went to the NFL and uh, had to replace a lot of the uh, uh, skill positions. So... Um, uh, Coming up on Fresno, what I would like to see is some improvement uh, in the uh, offensive production, and I'd like to see improvement in uh, uh, making sustained drives, um, maybe a little more creativity. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't know with the way uh, Fresno's playing. I don't know if we can uh, reasonably expect a win uh, out there. Uh, What's what does this what does the group say? Well, I I for me the Fresno game is going to be a big challenge. I would definitely put Fresno in the Boise State, Washington State type category. Um, you know, they beat UCLA pretty good. I know UCLA's not top of the Pac-12 this year, but they still have good athletes. They went into Minnesota, had a shot to win that game on the last possession. We watched them last year and uh, they have a very good good uh, defense um and uh they just you know i thought them coming up to altitude last year even though we lost josh allen for them to come up after traveling from hawaii showed a lot of gritty mental toughness with fresno state and i think that team is very mentally tough and they have talent they have athletes they have an experienced quarterback this is going to be a big challenge for wyoming and for anyone wyoming to have any type of chance there's going to have to be some measurable improvement with the with the offense, but I do think we have a good defense um, and we have talent on defense. We have size on defense. Um, and I, I do think our defense will play well against Fresno state. I really believe that we just got to hope we get some turnovers. Uh, again, the offense can do some things that we haven't seen all season, maybe break some big plays unexpectedly, that type of thing. Doug, what do you think? Well, you know, I remember, I can't remember the year, but I remember going out to Fresno in the midst of a tough year. I, I want to say it was that two and 10 year. And uh, Fresno was down as well, but Brian Hill ran all over him. 
could there possibly be I, I college football is unique that way you know anything can happen at any given time and um and um um you know how did a pathetic BYU team that really doesn't have a very good offense go into Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin okay that just shouldn't have happened but they did because they played good defense and Wisconsin was flat in so many ways BYU beat them. could that be our fate you know that's always the hope every game you know that that we feel like oh man we're going up against a giant but how many times have we felt like the giant in Laramie and had somebody come in and nip us when we thought that we we're going to run this game and uh, so so anything can happen I'm not going to look for much, you know, and part of that is, is it's just a temper as a fan, you know, how I feel afterwards, because, you know, I'm unhappy about losing. I just want to be real happy and giddy when my team wins. And instead of like, you know, I don't want to talk about it with people I know because, oh, tough game today. Yeah, I don't want to hear tough game. It sucked, you know, and, and now you're kind of like rubbing my nose in it, even though you're trying to console me, you know, well, winning's fun. Losing's not, you know, like Christensen, otherwise, you know, busting the rock, breaking through, you know, you can throw all the terminology of Powder River, letter buck, you know, I just want to cheer a big W for the WIO, you know, and, and that's, that's the bottom line. However it gets done, I don't care if the ball hits the tree, rolls across the green, goes in for a birdie, you know, it, it's, it's still in for a birdie. And if we score more points than Fresno, we won. I don't care how that happened. Well said. Well said. Brand, how are you looking at this game? Yeah, I I couldn't said it, said it better, uh, Doug. Um, yeah, like, you know, the day after, you know, Hawaii, I mean, I was miserable. You know, I mean, I stayed up to like two o'clock at night, right? you know, and um, but yeah, it's, it's miserable. You just want to have that little spring in your step when, you know, Wyoming gets a win. Right. And yeah, so, you know, it is college football. Like Doug said, anything can happen. I'm, if I'm looking for anything, I'll be interested to see how much Tyler Vanderwall throws the ball because, you know, I, I can't remember which game it was, but he threw for like, the second number most passes thrown by a Wyoming quarterback in the bowl era. I, I think it was at the, the Wofford game, right? He threw like 42 times, right? That's, that's all, you know, almost unheard of. So it'll be, and then, you know, the Hawaii game, he's threw like 15 times. So I'll be interested to see what they do with Tyler, you know, Vanderwall and, you know, what kind of offense they dial up, but I'll also be interested to see that, you know, can Wyoming put a game together where they're not shooting themselves in the foot with stupid penalties? That's been a real killer. So, yeah. Well, um, we're going to, uh, what time is the game now? Um, the 830 Mountain Standard Time on ESPNU. On ESPNU. All right. So um, uh, we want to make sure that everybody's watching that. Uh, any final thoughts here? Anything we didn't cover? Anything that we want to um, uh, end this uh, little conversation with? Uh, Doug? Uh, well, all I can say is that, is that, um, you know, it, it we got six games left to go at a minimum, given where we're at two and four, you know, I, I would like to see us at least get to that, that middle level, that six and six, that bowl eligible, and then go from there from, from where it's at. I hope not to see us have a losing season and it's been nice winning in conference the last couple of years. And I would like to see us continue to win some conference games, realizing that, you know, hey, the year we went six and two, there are some teams that were expected to go six and two that end up four and four, you know, and we can still end up being right there, breaking even. And, and um, 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 
you know, it, that's the stuff that builds momentum and keeps the fans happy because, you know, hey, we're not Nebraska this year, but, you know, even if we'd have beat Nebraska and out of conference this year, that'd be like the year we beat Tennessee, you know, and, and won four games. We got to win conference games. That's the bottom line, you know, and then build from winning in the conference, you know, outwards as we play some of these challenging schedules. Brand? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, again, Doug, I think you said it all. I mean, I'm I'm more of a proponent that we got to beat the teams we're supposed to beat, which means beating conference teams. And, you know, when we can do that consistently, then, you know, you can build on that success. No, I'm not saying don't schedule the Missouris or Washington States. I think we do. Um, I think we got a little snake bit with this schedule this year, scheduling the, the, the two, you know, power five teams, you know, back to back. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of football left to be played. Um, I just w- would like to see, you know, incremental improvement especially in the offense. And, um, you know, and I'll just say it, you know, um, when I go to home games, I, I go out there and I high five the players as they come out. And what strikes me is number one, how big some of those guys are. And then two, how young they look and, you know, just young guys. And, you know, you know, we can, we can complain all we want as fans, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, a student athlete, you know, uh, on a probably, uh, you know, most of those guys are probably on partial scholarships and, you know, they, you know, they've got all their pressures with school and everything else and they're just young. So, you know, it's a lot on their shoulders, but, you know, that's why we like watching the game, right? Is, you know, it's college football. Well, Ian, as being the uh, chief uh, publicist around here, I'm going to give you the last word. Well, I think uh, Doug and Brand nailed it pretty well. I, I think they nailed down pretty well what they said. Uh, the season's not over. Um, and la- I remember the last two years, especially 2016, everybody was ready to jump off the cliff after the Eastern Michigan loss. And remember, we were just coming off a 2-10 and ten season, too. So people were very down on, on the football program after the Eastern Michigan game and Wyoming turned it around the next week at Colorado state and dominated them and went on to beat Boise state, San Diego state and played for the Mount West conference championship. Uh, there was a lot of cynicism last year, even with Josh Allen, when we, we struggled with Oregon and didn't play Garner Webb really well. And, and people are very down, um, you know, just reading the board at that point in the season, Wyoming, you know, for the most part, turned the season around went to a bowl game, won their bowl game, probably could have won 10 games last year if Josh had not been injured at the end of the year. So these seasons can turn. It seems like we're at a, at a, in a hole kind of down in the dumps right now. But, you know, if this offense uh, can find a little mojo and start moving the football, gain some confidence, I think they could make a really big uh, change some of these scores that we kind of expect in the future. And the, ske- and the schedule does ease up in, in November. I mean, there are four teams right there that – I think the Cowboys can certainly have a chance to beat, and maybe we can pull an upset if that offense can get going, especially with Utah State coming in for homecoming. Well, that's the last word. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach over here and grab this, and uh, you know what I do here. All right, let's uh, get her open here. Well, there we have it. We're going to put another one of these to bed. Cowboy Roundtable. I want to thank uh, the publicist of GoYO, Ian McMacken. 
out there in Phoenix, Arizona, Doug Friesen, and Bran LeMaitre. Gentlemen, thank you. And let's just take this thing, let's take this thing out in a good fashion, all right? Here we go. There you have it. Another Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. I want to thank Ian, Brand, and Doug for joining us. Tune in next week as we talk about Wyoming Cowboy football. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media in cooperation with the University of Wyoming and Learfield Sports. 2018, all rights reserved.